Welcome in Braves Today, bravestoday.com. He is Kyle Richardson. I'm Ben Taylor, and Kyle, Mike Soroka is not ready, regardless of the success that he's had in the minor leagues, and this should concern Atlanta after the performance he had in game one against the Cardinals. Yeah, and I love Mike Soroka, and I really want to see him do well, but a 2-1 and record with a 6.40 ERA and 32 in his pitch, that's not going to get it done at the major league level, which he's still trying to work his way back from the injury, multiple injuries. Hmm. I'd love to see him do great, but right now he's just not ready. Is it just, you know, I'm kind of curious of, of what's going on with him because I even, uh, I put in the discord a little bit earlier when we were, you know, going back and forth with everybody. I said he was either striking people out at the beginning of the game or he was throwing up grapefruits to him to launch at 450 feet. There was no in between. It was either right over the heart of the plate or he was actually hitting his spots. And so I guess that's more of a an issue where that kind of stuff will fly in AAA. It will not fly against a major league hitter. Yeah, you can be yin and yang in AAA and still get by because there's such a gap between AAA and the major leagues where if you come in and you're not having your best day, you could still get by with maybe allowing two or three runs. But if you come into a game like tonight, you're not having your best day against the Cardinals, you're going to get pulled in three innings because they're going to go to town. <laughs> Pitching concerns, you've done an article, Braves Today, and uh, you guys go and find that article, bravestoday.com, where we're in regards to uh, Kyle Wright and rehab. Where are we on that and being able to see him at the next level? So Kyle Wright actually started today for the Gwinnett Stripers and had a great outing. 3.2 innings pitched, only gave up one hit, seven strikeouts and two walks. The walk rate's still kind of high for Kyle Wright, but he's kind of been like that his whole career. But this outing was a whole lot better than the last outing he had for Gwinnett so it's encouraging to see and I know we're going to talk about the Braves rotation going forward and we have four starters that we know of right now and who could be that fifth guy and do you really is it really important to have a fifth guy when you only need to win four games in a seven game set yeah and that was one thing during the Glavin interview that he brought forth as he said that was their kind of their mantra is the big three I mean you had Smoltz, Glavin and Maddox and that was it and you know, they kind of rotated ever who the fourth guy would be if there would be a fourth game. And you saw Glavin even go twice during the series, the famous, you know, all right, boys, just get me one. That's all I need that he gave that line. And so uh, I do wonder, and Glavin said that, Glavin said, you know, when it gets playoff time, you just need three strong guys. And then if you've got some solid guys in the pin or a guy that's there in case a starter has a bad first and second inning, and then you bring that guy in where he's like a starter, but he doesn't start playing until the third or fourth inning. Uh, you could use it, not necessarily a middle reliever, but a very early reliever that can kind of go the distance and at least shut a team down. So uh, that may be something that Braves are looking forward to. I mean, right now it just seems regular season-wise. Uh, for some reason, it's it's the primetime games and the games we watch are the guys that we're calling up, and we're just either – we're really good where you've seen, like, Winans come in and get his win, and then all of a sudden he gives up a bunch of runs the next time up against the Mets. You know, or you see a Soroka that looks great in spots but then looks really bad in other spots. So I think it's and, – and how much of that do you think has to do with consistency and those guys just not pitching every day at the major league level? Big time. And it's such a difference between pitching every day at a triple-A level and pitching every day at a major league level because – the expectations are a lot higher. There's a lot more pressure in those games, especially when sometimes you're playing at home in Atlanta. There's going to be a lot of pressure there facing you mm. from the very first pitch, and you won't have that kind of pressure at Gwinnett because you're just kind of going out there trying to locate your pitches and really having fun with it. But when it comes to the major league level, you're talking about a team that's looking for their sixth straight division title. You're talking about a team that is looking to go back to the World Series. 
Yeah. And the expectations are there as soon as you walk in the clubhouse. And uh, I think that's that's the, another thing is you kind of wonder where some of these young guys, even though they were with the team last year, still they they realize the pressure's there coming off uh, the World Series just a couple of years ago. Next games are set, as you talked about, rotation, Strider, Freed, Elder, Morton, but then no announcement yet on that final game with the Pirates that's coming up and then game two of the Phillies that's going to be on the road. Uh, where does Atlanta turn? I mean, do we see, you know, it's a weird situation with Soroka if they're going to send him back or now they got to keep him and uh, in the right situation with him pitching today. He should be, he if they wanted to bring him up, he would be ready for either of those games, Pittsburgh or the Phillies. Um, so I'm kind of curious as your thoughts is what Atlanta turns to on those two open spots. You know, our friend Lindsey Crosby has mentioned the service time manipulation thing yeah. with Mike Soroka, and if he's with the team much longer, then he will be a free agent at the end of 2024 instead of 2025. And as far as his development and getting back to where he was when he first came to Atlanta, he could use another year in the chamber, mm-hmm. and we would like to have him for another year. So I think we're going to send him down. I like the guy we brought up the other day. Got his first ever start. He did well. Mm. Winans is a good option. He didn't look perfect in his last starts, but still, Winans looks pretty good. Kyle Wright, he could be back. Mm. There's there's a few guys down there that we could bring up. The Winans thing I find interesting because I didn't think he was set up fairly to succeed. He threw against the Mets and looked really good, and then in a span of less than seven days, they got to see him again. And he did not get a start in the minors in that time. Even though he went back down, he didn't get any pitching time when he went back down for a couple of days. And then the Braves brought him back up to face the Mets again less than seven days after he had just shut him out. And you know as well as I do, anytime a major league roster sees a guy multiple times, especially in that short a period of time, if they're not completely on their A game like somebody like a Strider or a Morton, uh, it just doesn't vote well for the pitcher. And no one talks about you know, the kind of travel and what that does to your mental (laughs) because you're going, you played in New York playing against the team that had drafted you and just deemed that you weren't good enough to play for them. And then you play at city field and you beat them in their own house. You come back to Atlanta and they're like, well, you're going back down to Gwinnett, have fun in triple a. And then you find out you go straight from triple a back to the majors and you've missed you missed about a week full of practice that you could have had at the major league level, getting ready with the major league staff with Brian Snicker and those guys getting you ready for another start instead of the triple a guys kind of getting you prepared. Yeah. Along with those fellow starters and coaching staff, like you just talked about, I mean, you learn so much just sitting down in the bullpen and asking guys different questions that you can't do that. I mean, think about with, with his rehabbing and him being uh, sidelined still with his, with his leg issue, you know, Jesse Chavez and the the roamer that he's been, but everybody talks about he's like one of the coaches down in the bullpen. Uh, what a young guy like a Soroka or a Winans could do just sitting in a clubhouse and talking with him and finding out information of what would you do with this guy or how would you treat this hitter or something of that nature. Play Just playing scenarios. And as you just said, when they keep bouncing back and forth, they don't get that opportunity. When they do, they got a limited, what, 24, 48 hours to do it. And they also don't want to be that pest that gets called up to the majors and it's just constantly wearing the veterans out as the young guy that's sitting up there. So they kind of sit there and be quiet and uh, just kind of soak it in by osmosis. And then next thing you know, it ends up being a very unproductive visit. So uh, I talk about musts. And and the reason I say that is must wins, I guess we would just say. I call them musts. And uh, it's with the Phillies looming. 
and they're going to give the Braves their best. It's just because they hate the Braves just as much as the Braves hate the Phillies. And subpar Cardinals, Pirates, Marlins, Nationals, I call those musts in order to secure home field advantage. Your thoughts on that? You know, we have a really good schedule to finish the season. We started off the season. We're playing some of the best in the world. And now toward the end of the season, we're kind of winding down with teams that are, like you said, they're subpar teams. And if you want to be one of the best teams, it doesn't matter what sport it is, you have to be able to win the games you're supposed to win. And these are games that the Braves should win. A four-game series against the Phillies, three games against the Marlins, three in the Phillies, four against the Nationals, three against the Cubs, and then three against the Nationals. Those are all series that you should be able to at least win the series. And if you're able to win the series, then you should have home field advantage over the Dodgers, who you just took three or four from. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll talk about magic number here momentarily. I do need to get to our uh, sponsor, Braves fans. You you hear us talk about him all the time. Ford Stokes, founder and president of Active Wealth, host of the Active Wealth Show on AM nine twenty. The answer, author of the must read book Annuity three hundred and sixty. Special offer for you is he's going to give each and every one of you a free book as long as you go to annuity three hundred and sixty dot Enter your information. Ford's going to send you that complimentary copy. It is a fantastic opportunity for you to learn how to be better protected and to grow your hard-earned wealth. Ford and his team, they specialize in assisting pre-retirees and retirees that are ready to invest. They have the knowledge and expertise to guide you towards making sound financial decisions. By the way, Ford's registered investment advisor, Brookstone Capital Management, manages an impressive $8.5 billion in assets. That's with a B. That's the kind of experience that you want. If you want to learn more about Active Wealth and the services they provide, go to activewealth.com. And if you missed any of Ford's enlightening financial radio shows, don't worry, you can listen to those anytime at activewealthshow.com. It's an incredible opportunity for you to gain valuable insight managing your finances effectively. Again, for the free book, annuity360.net. For all the other information, go to activewealth.com. Ford, we appreciate what you do for us at Braves today. And make sure you tell Ford that we sent you in this direction. Braves magic number. It's been stuck on 12, and the reason being is because final game lost to L.A., opening game lost to the Cardinals. Uh, this is why I talk about musts, because after that, it's all about playing at home. Uh, reason being, it's lack of success the Braves have thus far had out west. Now, let's just throw that last Dodgers series out. The Braves have been snake bit when it comes to going out west and playing the Dodgers, Giants, Padres, ever who it may be, especially if you look beyond this most recent L.A. series. So we caught a little flack in the comments. Uh, Lindsay and I talked about how it's, you know, a must that get home field. And even Tom said, you know, I would say that doesn't make a much, much of a difference in postseason play. He said, however, he said it does when it comes to playing West Coast teams. It, it makes a difference. So uh, I'm not real sure why everybody goes, just make the playoffs. It doesn't matter about home field. I think it's certainly, if you get in the NLCS, being able to play four of the seven in Atlanta is a huge difference in my opinion. Yeah, because Atlanta, every single year, Atlanta's bringing the best crowds to the ball game and leading in attendance pretty much every single year. You want your home field fans behind you and being as loud as they can, rooting for you instead of against you. And I remember back when I was younger, I remember going over, we played against the Dodgers and the Giants with the Justin Upton teams, and we just couldn't get anything going. Yeah, Three or four games, we could never get anything going on the West Coast. All that travel and all that time difference, you got to adjust to the time zones. Mm -hmm. And it's much better to just play at home. Sleep in your own bed, be able to eat your wife's home cooking instead of doing all that uh, travel food and having to make sure you have a uh, special. I know that 
fans will say it doesn't make a whole lot of a difference. I think players that are playing in it would absolutely tell you otherwise. I think if you said, hey, you know, if you had your choice, you know, if you're a fringe playoff team, they go, I just want to get in the playoffs. If you're in the driver's seat like L.A. and like the Braves are, they're most definitely trying to play for home field advantage in order because at 12 games, that magic number, that's a combination of 12 wins or other losses by other teams. So that could happen in literally six games. You could be, you could wrap up the NL East in, in six games. What they're looking at doing is having that best record so they can best the Dodgers and end up playing at home when it does. Now, you still got to get through the first round of the playoffs before you see the Dodgers, and the Dodgers have got to get through their first round of the playoffs in divisional series. But I will say it is stacking up to be, like most people have said the last few years, that's probably more like the World Series than anything else are the Braves and Dodgers playing one another than the National League and American League team facing each other in the World Series. So should be interesting, to say the least, of how the Braves handle this, especially as they call it load management towards the end of the season. If only we could play a couple of series against the Rockies. Uh, speaking of which, and uh, all that interleague play, what if uh, you know more National League opponents were on the schedule like the Rockies? Would this be out of hand at this point, and they already have home field advantage locked up if we weren't playing dadgum Orioles and the Texas Rangers and all these good American League teams that we've been facing? Yeah, I want to hop back to that previous the previous point real fast baseball players are creatures of habit baseball mm. players are some of the most superstitious athletes and people you will ever meet every time they go up to the plate they have a ritual that they do some pitchers before every game they have to eat the same meal before every game and that goes back into the home field advantage yeah you, you want to have those things going into the game because that makes them feel even more comfortable in where they are now onto the topic you're mentioning now you know, it'd be cool to have an easier schedule. You'd be like the Georgia Bulldogs, just have just have a walkthrough schedule. But there, that's a catch-22 because when you get to the playoffs, you haven't played anybody. You're right. not going to be ready. You're not going to be battle-tested for a team like the Dodgers coming into town or the Padres or the Phillies, which you'll play them a lot anyway. Mm. But those kind of teams in that kind of environment – some of the series that the Braves have played in this regular season, they have felt like playoff environments and it's not even been halfway through the season sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's it. And, and even Glavin mentioned that when we visited with him, as he said, you know, you it, it's, it's one of those things where you want to play the tough guys because it prepares you for postseason play. Uh, but then again, you would like the win. So you can go ahead and notch that under your belt. But then once you get that, then you haven't been road tested. So we shall see uh, one of your most recent articles uh, the real MVP, please stand up. Uh, we got a lot of hate for that on the comments section of our last podcast. And um, kind of walk us through that article and and some of the points that you made, because you kind of hit the nail on the head. Some of the stuff we had not even read the article, Lindsay and I hadn't. And we basically said this kind of the same thing you did. But uh, I, I'll get to the comment section in a little bit. But just, just walk us through that article and what you put together on Braves today. So it's widely known that Mookie Betts and Ronald Cooney Jr. are the two top guys in the NL MVP race. And then you have Freddie Freeman and Matt Olson right behind them. But it's pretty much down to Acuna and Betts, everyone thinks. And as you texted me earlier and we talked about it, a lot of people, it seems like they want Mookie Betts to win because plays for the Dodgers. You're in L.A., a bigger, bigger drawing out there yeah i guess you could say i'm trying to find the word ratings it's all about ratings it's yeah. all about sell it's easier to sell the dodgers 
nationwide than it is to sell the Braves. Right. Um, that probably wasn't the case years ago when the Braves were on TBS in every household in America. But now, I mean, the Dodgers are featured on Sunday Night Baseball constantly. And if it's and the Dodgers have more people watching in L.A. than we have watching the Braves on the East Coast altogether. So uh, it, it is what it is. It's all about the numbers. They have a better market. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. A better market in L.A. than it is in Atlanta. But my whole point was, sure, they're both great. They're both deserving. They're both having incredible years. What I did was I compared the numbers between Acuna and Mookie Betts when it came to that series alone, not a whole season of work, which mm. that definitely makes a difference. But I was comparing them in that series alone. And in that series alone, Acuna hit 356. And Mookie had a 333 batting average, both incredible. You're mm. one for three for both of them, pretty much. But my main point is sure, they're both great, they're both deserving. But Ronald Acuna Jr. is doing things this season that have never been done before. There have only been four guys to have a 40 40 season in MLB history. And Acuna has a chance to break even that. Nobody's done 40 50, nobody's done 40 60, and he's close to. 4070. Yeah. No one's done that before. And Mookie Betts hadn't putting up those kind of numbers. No, so, it what? it was it was funny because you say that, and so I got a chance to do a little research and look through and MLB TV, MLB.tv and um Major League Baseball Network and that kind of stuff. They had this panel. I saw it on Twitter, it came through. I shared it in the Discord. And they literally were talking about Mookie taking up for him saying they were defending his lack of steals because he has 10 on the year and Acuna is going to have probably 70 plus before the end of the year is over with. I mean, there's a lot of baseball left. We keep talking about it coming down to the end of the season. There's a lot of four game series left. Like there's a lot of baseball left. Mm -hmm. And again, with Atlanta playing for that home field advantage, he may sit that final week, but Snitker's not going to sit a lot of starters uh, up until then, until they've, they secure home field. They get the magic number of, of 12 and they secure home field advantage. We may see some platooning going on, getting some guys some rest some days off. Um, but Acuna wants to play. And so he's going to get probably to that 70. And they said, well, Mookie Betts still is a better base runner. Now, this came the day after a routine fly ball to left had him doubled up because he had no idea how many outs there were. That's not. It's easy to dump on, but that's not MVP caliber base running, in my opinion. That's pandering. Yeah. It's exactly what it was because, and Lindsay and I discussed this, has Ronald made some base running blunders? Yes, he has. Sure. Yeah. But you don't see us getting on a podcast the following day and saying he's one of the base, ba best base runners out there in baseball right now after he makes a blunder such as that. So, And then defensively, they keep talking about his Mookie's defense is better than Acuna's, and I get that. But I think that they're talking about, you know, receiving the ball, you know, tracking balls down. His speed is a little bit faster in the outfield than Ronald probably is, uh, even though it's not on the base pass. However, Mookie doesn't have the arm that Ronald has. No. I mean, it's unbelievable what he can do with a baseball once he gets it in his hands. And you see guys with needing to move runners to third that on a fly ball that's deep enough for anybody else in the league, they don't go. They stay at second instead of trying to go to third and test that arm. So I didn't like the argument that they put up. That's when I said, and I put that, you know, out online. I put it in Discord. I said, this is just the national media pandering to the L.A. market because what they said just was not facts-based. I mean – Again, it goes back to ratings. It LA does. market. It goes back to ratings. And uh, 
Listen, Cunha, he got married in the morning, hit a grand slam later on in the afternoon. And it he got get the much marriage better. buff is what he got. <laughs> doesn't get much better of a day than that. So uh, got to wrap things up real quick. Uh, another first inning run for the Braves. So tell me you hadn't heard that before. Uh, how, however, it didn't matter against the Cardinals. Olsen does get number 45 at 448 feet back-to-back. Well, he and Riley, they've done that for the seventh time this season. So uh, Braves dropped that game one with the Cardinals. More to that series. We'll wrap that series up with the Friday podcast as well as preview what we can look forward to as far as Pittsburgh is concerned. I will say this, any particular articles you got coming out anytime soon that people can uh, go to Braves today and take a look at? I'm probably just going to be looking at those magic numbers. You know, we're stuck at 12, so I might do something on Sean Murphy because he's mm-hmm. number 12. It's kind of looking at that. Also, you mentioned the first inning runs. 126 first inning runs. That's one short of a franchise record. So I'm sure as soon as we break that, which could be any day now, we'll write something on that too. That probably could happen before we'd even do the next pod (laughs) whenever whenever it drops. So uh, he's Kyle Richardson. I'm Ben Taylor. Braves today. Braves underscore today is where you can find us. You guys go and check that out. Kyle, thank you, bud. I appreciate it. Yeah, have fun.